Yeah, and that's how we tribute the tragic and sudden loss of Mbongeni Ngema. Yeah, very, very sad. Very, very sad. Um, we'll, 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 we'll reflect back on his offering and his life in the open line. And I'm going to take your calls and your WhatsApps for that. And uh, you can also tweet me. The number is 86 and you can also send me a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. As we move on to the next conversation, I want us to reflect on the political year that was. Uh, 2024, much like every other year in the, la in, in, in the last half of our democracy, has not been a year without spectre and spectacle and, and political theater. It's been a year... Uh, consistent with what we expect to be politics in South Africa. Every day is surprising and, uh, you know, nothing uh, is impossible as far as our politics is concerned. And there are a number of things that happened this year politically that I want us to reflect on. Joining me for this conversation is Professor Ntikilola Breakfast, a political analyst at the Nelson Mandela University. Prof, perhaps, good evening and thank you so much for joining me this evening. I appreciate it. Perhaps to start the conversation oh. here before we look at the individual moments that 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 took place this year to ask this year to ask politics and the and the polity of south africa in 2024 has it left our democracy a lot more strengthened enchanted has it uh, has our political imagination broadened uh, have we improved how we view politics how we discuss and disseminate political uh, uh, discourse or have we just had another year tick across the calendar uh, where the same sort of politics of South Africa that has come to be its identity over the last uh, 15, 20 years uh, took place this particular year? Well, um, first of all, my view is that uh, democracy is not um, an event. It's a process, and there are no perfect uh, democracies, even in the so-called matured uh, democracies. They also have uh, ups and downs. Uh, if you look at France, for instance, and the U.S., I, I mean, I know this is uh, debatable, but they are normally cited as the oldest uh, democracies. But even uh, themselves, you know, uh, from time to time, they have moments of madness. But coming down to our situation, um, we've had, uh, you know, ups and downs. Uh, this has been a very interesting year, challenging year, uh, due to a number of factors. Uh, some of them have happened on a global scale. For example, if you look at the issue of uh, fuel, uh, if you look at the issue of uh, inflation, that has been caused by, uh, in my view, by what is happening uh, between Ukraine and uh, Russia, given the fact that you know Russia is one of the, the largest oil uh, producers. Uh, and that has uh, impacted on, on, on us in terms of the uh, cost of uh, living. But also there have been some uh, interesting political uh, developments um, in terms of the, the, the removal of the public uh, protector, yeah. Yeah, the growth of uh, the EFF, uh, and, 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 and the ushering in of a plethora of uh, political parties and also... As you know, the, the political uh, reforms that we have seen in the, um, in the light of uh, electoral uh, reforms and, and so on. Yeah, I think those are the things that uh, come to mind. And also the, 
the BRICS uh, conference that we yeah. we held. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with that. Of course. Uh, the preceding year to a, ma- a major election year is always going yeah. to be interesting. And I think the last three months have demonstrated just how uh, uh, voluminous, uh, pantomimic and, uh, you know, chaotic perhaps 2024 will be for us. But perhaps some of the most interesting political moments this year uh, were moments that I think uh, it took place, but its effect uh, will be everlasting and 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 contribute yeah, to yeah. our democratic culture. And let's start there with the removal of the public protector. Very very significant moment, but a very drawn out process. And I say that because it was precedent setting, right? First time it took place, um, and it's a process that took all of what three years to culminate into what was the eventual removal of the public protector. To no, to, to that sure. effect, then, uh, what, what what's your reflection on that moment in our politics this year? Well, what had happened was really sad because um, it has never happened uh, before because those uh, institutions are meant to strengthen our uh, democracy. I mean, many countries that have a, a good history of fighting against corruption, they've done so because of independent uh, institutions. So it's quite sad that politics have come into uh, the picture. I mean, either way, I think both parties are at fault, you know, I think the public, the outgoing public uh, protector, but also even the, the president who actually uh, removed it. I just think that the timing at which the removal or the suspension was done, it was inspired by politics. Because why do you remove a person? Because there's a complaint that is made uh, against you regarding the Palapala issue. You know, um, I know that there were some findings uh, that were not good about the public. Uh, a protector, but uh, just think that the president anticipated that he might have been found to wanting. But also the public protector, I mean, I was not happy with some of her findings. Uh, uh, my view is that I think she gravitated too much to the other faction of um, the ANC. I'm not saying that there are people who are uh, above the law or some people must be... Uh, untouchable but i just think that there was too much gravitation to one faction and uh, yeah that created the scope for a, a justification for a, um, a approval not yeah. taking away the fact that even the president also i think he, he he played some politics yeah he certainly was accused by the courts of doing exactly that right that that's that notwithstanding the constitutional prerogatives uh, remained protected there nonetheless to to the president, and you know, I think perhaps the most significant moment of 2023 was Palapala. I, I don't think it mm-hmm. it 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 uh, is is a moment that will go unnoticed, and I think it will mm-hmm. be one of those moments that will um, you know be, remain a part of our our political discourse and our uh, polity over the next couple of years, um, especially next year in the lead up to the elections. Uh, upon reflection of Palapala. I think it's undeniable that it's left the presidency uh, and the president as an individual um, a lot more vulnerable, a lot more uh, incredulous, and certainly a lot more, uh, uh, you know, vulnerable to political uh, specter than he otherwise would have been. That notwithstanding lack of delivery and, 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 and broken promises and all of that sort of thing. But if we are to then use... Palapala as a moment to ask the question, uh, what has become of the executive in South Africa? It seems as though 
it has once again just been a continuation of the scan, uh, scandalization that we have mm. been used to over the last 15 years. Um, how much of Palapala's moments today do you think will exist in our politics next year? No, no, I think that I mean, the president uh, most uh, definitely was dealt with a blow. By the, I mean, the, the, the story broke in um, last year. Um, yeah. and then and then and then the allegation was strengthened by the findings of um that uh, committee that was instituted by former uh, judges so that was a blow to the extent that the president nearly uh, resigned but was uh, untwisted you know by some people uh in in high places um, uh, in the ANC. i don't think that you will ever uh, recover from that um i i have some concerns regarding the findings of the, the new public uh, protector. But anyway, um, I think, I think I mean, many people, they feel let down by the president because he rose to power under the ticket of fighting against uh, corruption. And for him to be accused of, you know, serious things regarding the Parapara issue still uh, needs much to be uh, I mean, the fact, I mean, even himself, he's on record having said that he is doing business, which goes against what the Constitution says, that if you are at the helm of power as the member of the executive uh, uh, institution, you cannot do business. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really something that has left many people uh, disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, that's 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 given a lot of credence to the uh, voice of his detractors, chief amongst them, Jacob Zuma, who just mm-hmm. over the weekend once again used it as a moment to berate uh, President Sarah Ramaphosa to justify his uh, half one foot in one foot out approach to the ANC. I will not vote for the ANC, but I will always love it. And I'm doing this to protect it from itself approach. Right. Uh, do you do you imagine that that um, let's call it beef between uh, uh, Zuma and Ramaphosa is something that's going to strengthen or is it just political theater that will blow over once the true substance of South African politics uh, comes to the fore uh, moments before the polls? No, of course, I mean, uh, former President Zuma also is fighting his own political battles um, because you, you, must, you must remember he is the uh, a predecessor of the um, uh, incumbent. And it's, it's always not easy to let go of power, in particular to a person that you, you have some political uh, differences with. Um, and, and I think what pains him is the fact that According to him, had it not been for the market forces, President Ramaphosa would never have ascended to power. So I think that makes him to hold, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm going to say, a grudge against him, um, given the fact that he thinks that he went to prison because of him. I mean, there is a letter that he penned before he went to prison. I think in 2020, where he took a swipe at the leadership of the um, ANC, um, that they, 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 they have a uh, put him at bay, they're not supporting him, uh, and so on. And uh, it became worse when he went to prison. So um, he was speaking in that context that he thinks that the current leadership of the ANC is purging people, sidelining people, or holding emergent um, opinions, um, and so on. Uh, I also think that the ANC should never have uh, approached him because, I mean, it stood to reason that he was going to say no 
uh, regarding the proposal that he must campaign on behalf of the ANC. I feel like the ANC, by approaching him, they gave him a platform to take a swipe at them. Yeah. And, and, and do you expect much to come from uh, his his reimagined political ambitions, uh, President Zuma, that is? Um, only for my view is that whether we like it or not, the fact of the matter is former President Zuma is very popular, in particular in KZN. There have been many scientific uh, findings that have been unveiled, surveys, that he's more popular than the current president of the ANC, meaning that he does have a base. And because of that, I think the ANC will be dealt with a blow in terms of its electoral uh, performance. I think it stands to reason that the ANC will not come back to power in KZN, and that might have a spillover effect to other parts of uh, the country. So this, I would say, breakaway, that's why the ANC is stuck between the rock and the hard place. Because on the one hand, they don't want to discipline him. Because by disciplining him, they'll be playing into his hands. Because he's going to say that, but you're confirming what I've been talking about, that you are purging people. On the other hand, by turning a blind eye to his behavior, you are actually also strengthening other people, you know, to, to break ranks take a swipe at the leadership and you cannot do anything to them if you have not done something to Msholozi. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's a very complex matter. But I think the ANC uh, will be dealt with the blow by his uh, statement that people must not vote for the ANC, they must vote for uh, Umkondo Wisizu. Yeah. Uh, and, and another moment in politics, again, it's not a singular moment. It's, it seems to be uh, a, a string of events that will one day mean something. Um, and we, we are yet to figure out how it will mean because it's only on the empirical data where the, we mm. will determine its, its, its usefulness. And that, is, uh, and that is Julius Malema scooping up uh, ANC detractors, specifically a pattern of Zuma loyalists, right? First, the former yeah, yeah, protector, yeah. Uh, flirting with Ace Marashule, trying to get him to join the mm. party, getting Karl Niehaus into the party, getting Mzwana Lemani, uh, the, president's, uh, the former president's uh, official spokesperson, to join the ranks of the party and go straight to parliament, you know, skipping the queue. And of course, Malema coming in and uh, suspending or expelling from leadership a number of EFF members, uh, hundreds of EFF members, by the way, for their failure to get people on a bus to the EFF's 10th, 10th anniversary. Um, what, what do you make of that cocktail of events in the EFF and how that might potentially shape the future of the party, particularly next year? Does it leave it stronger? Does it leave it more vulnerable? Uh, or is the EFF uh, engaged in political experimentation that we just have to watch uh, how it plays out? Um, regarding the first point that you made, that the EFF, I'm paraphrasing what you said, has been the biggest winner in terms of uh, recruiting people from the ANC, like Mzwanele uh, Maanyi, uh, the former public uh, protector, Kalni House, and so on. I think the EFF, I mean, in theory, they are very good at a strategic level. I must say that um, the common denominator between the EFF and the other section of the ANC, I would say, is their discontentment of the leadership style of uh, the current president of the ANC. They are critical of, of him, and that, that is the reason why they've been working side by side but the EFF has been very strategic in terms of recruiting those people who were elbowed by the ANC, uh, and, and it became the biggest winner. Um, so the EFF has been uh, growing from strength to strength, but there have been some threats 
internal threats within the ESF, people were unhappy regarding the conception of democratic centralism. Uh, that basically decisions are made on top and brought down to... Um, uh, the, for instance, I mean, <laughs> there have been people who are unhappy about the fact that, you know, some prominent people have just joined the ESF of late but were deployed to parliament um, and, 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 and who deployed them. Um, and some decisions like the decision to uh, fire people, uh, discipline them, it's not, you know, a decision that came out of a democratic process. Uh, so those are some of the internal threats. But the ESF, I'm definitely sure. I mean, the ESF has not been around for a while. It came into the picture in 2014, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and uh, and then participated in the um, elections. I think they got, uh, you know, 6%. And then in, in the second uh, cycle that they participated in, they got 12%, and I think they're going to also get more. So they are doing very well, but they do have internal threats. Um, some people say it's lack of robust uh, democracy, but the responsiveness, I mean, they also called, if you remember, that, you know, uh, Julius Malema or the, 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 the CIC, he must step down, make a way for Floyd, and so on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of debates within the ESF um, in terms of the, the organizational culture of, of 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 the party. But interestingly, those are not external threats; those are internal threats. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really not appreciate it, uh, Prof. Tiklela. Bre- uh, breakfast, and I'm taking your reactions to this. Give me a call. The number to dial is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six. Triple zero two zero three two. I'm also going to take your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You can tweet me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking. That is on Twitter, and Oliver Dixon on Facebook. On the other side of this, we open up the lines and begin the open line. I'd love to hear from you. What is on your mind this evening?